Thank you, bro. Thank you. Navigate some of this. It's kind of funny when I was talking to Dave about doing this. <clears throat> I said, man, Dave, wouldn't it be great if we had a standing room only? And he goes, yeah, that would be. And little did I know, when Ryan told me that they locked the keys so they couldn't get to more chairs, his strategy behind that, take half the chairs out and we'll have standing room only. And so, um, yeah, thank you so much for um, you guys being here this morning. Welcome. Um, it's kind of fun. A lot of the guys I know here through church, through Little League, through different things, um, discipleship groups, through church. Um, it's really cool. So I'm excited for this and um, like to start off by uh, sharing a short testimony just to give you the background of how I came to Christ. Um, I was born and raised um, in Atlanta, Georgia. I was an only child. Uh, my mom and dad divorced when I was four and I did not, was not raised in a Christian family. Um, my dreams, my passions were sports. Loved it. And um, my dream came true when I signed a professional baseball contract and um, pursued that, that career. But after three or four years of playing, when I left the field and I was alone, something was missing in my life. So even though I was in front of crowds playing and having a, just loving playing the game, when I was away, something was missing. I was empty inside. Well, a couple teammates of mine who lived very different lives than I did, invited me um, to church. That night, I heard for the first time that I was separated from God because of my sin. But God had sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins to pay the price that I couldn't pay. And that I could have a new life. I could have a personal relationship with God. Shortly after, I surrendered my heart to Christ. My life changed, and I began to walk with God. My faith grew and began to trust God. And it's been an amazing journey. Okay? So as we start to, to kind of go out this morning, um, the topic I've been given, which was mentioned earlier, and the one that I could choose from, I had... I've, Dave and I talked a long time ago, and I just, I love these words, and it just jumped out at me, was the topic is courage and tenacity. But there's a great follow-up question with it, and that is, how do I become a man governed by truth rather than by emotions or fears? Man, I was like, all right. And this has been really comical to walk through this. Um, because I feel like I'm in a roundabout with the Lord looking at Scripture because Scripture talks about this all over the place. So I start off this way, and I'm thinking that's where He's leading me, and the next thing I know, I'm over here. And the next time, I'm going out this way. And so it's been a real journey. It's been a lot of fun um, to see where, where is God leading me in this. So I want to start by asking you guys a question. What makes you fearful and anxious? What keeps you up at night? I want you to think about that for a couple seconds. Don't gloss over this. Think about it. What are you anxious about? What are you fearful about? 
You got it? All right, so here is the top 10 list of um, the top fears by a national newspaper that, that had a poll. Number 10, the uh, health care, the Affordable Health Care Act. Number nine, people I love becoming seriously ill. Identity theft. Economic or financial collapse. People I love dying. Government restrictions on firearms and ammunition. <laughs> that was right there. I'm like, what? Being a victim of terror. Not having enough money for the future. Terrorist attacks was number two. And number one for 15 and 16 was corruption of government officials. It's the greatest fear for those that were surveyed. How do I become a man who trusts God and his promises rather than being anxious and fearful over whatever? So you've had time to think about that. And even as you leave here today, continue to let the Spirit show that to you. What I hope to accomplish in our time together this morning is whatever that issue is, that you will go to the Lord and you will give it to Him and trust Him with it. To know that through the reading and studying of God's Word and prayer, God will strengthen you, your faith and hope in Him to believe His promises. God is greater than any fear you have. Amen? All right. My plan this morning is to share a story of my own fears and struggles that I went through and how God proved himself faithful to his promises. And then I want to wrap up with a couple comments. All right, we good to go? All right, let's do it. Early years. As I said in my testimony, my mom and dad, they divorced when I was young and my mother remarried a few years later. My mother was killed in a car accident while I was in high school. My stepfather was divorced five times and my natural father has been married three times. During high school, college, and early in my pro career, I was lost spiritually and hoping that success in baseball would satisfy me. But when I was away from the field, as I shared earlier, I was missing something. In 1982, I know for some of you young guys, you're like, what? I wasn't even born. In 1982, at the age of 27, God saved me. At the age of 29, I met my future wife in spring training with the Kansas City Royals. At the age of 30, I married Janine Sperry Hammond. We've been married 31 years. We have four sons. We have, I have a daughter-in-law now, and I'm having another daughter-in-law in, um, in December. And I have two granddaughters. So the girls are really making a push there for a while. It was the four boys and five and just my wife. So here come the girls. Guys, all that that I can look back at from the background I came from doesn't happen often. Only God can do something like that. Okay? As I mentioned earlier, I played professional baseball for 10 seasons. And after playing in Japan in 1987... I retired and moved to Atlanta, my hometown. 
Janine and I joined a church and a Sunday school class and began to make friends. It felt great to finally be settled down and raising a family. I had two children, Kyle and Taylor, by the fall of 1989. I was working with a telecommunications company and it was going okay, but I was open. In the spring of 1989, myself and a couple of friends from church started kicking around the idea of starting a sports management company. Now that sparked my interest. But after a few months of trying to work out the details, it was clear that the timing wasn't right. Disappointed in the outcome, I moved on. In December of 1989, I received a phone call from a friend who was working with a sports management company here in Orlando. He offered me a position as a sports agent, primarily working in the area of baseball, but also golf and football. I did my due diligence on the company and found they had a solid reputation in the sports representation company in the industry and that most of their executives were Christian. Their clients were some of the best players in each of the major sports. We represented Oral Hershiser, Frank Thomas, Payne Stewart, head football coaches Joe Gibbs, Bill Parcells, and many others. The company presented me an offer. This is where the struggle begins. I was going to make less money, I had to move to Orlando, and they would only pay half of my moving expenses with no assurance that this would work out. I had to put my home up for sale and move again. My wife, she started crying. <laughs> she had just finished decorating our home and we had made, started making new friends. I had been dragging her around the country following me while I played baseball. In addition, we have two children now. This was not an easy decision. I really struggled. But remember throughout this time as I share today, I'm going to say things like this. In my time with the Lord, I had not been discipled. I was not a strong, uh, mature Christian. But there was just this, in my time with the Lord, sort of this devotional time, I felt him saying, are you willing to trust me and leave this all behind? I have something else for you. I praise God that he was patient and faithful not to give up on me during my back and forth on what should I do. With the blessing from Janine and a few close friends from church, I agreed to make the move. So on a side note, guys, God does not give all the explanations for how this is going to happen. Isn't that what we want sometimes? Don't we want when we are walking into something unknown, something difficult before us, we want to know how this is all going to work out. We want to know all the details. If God would just explain to us what is going to happen, it might make the process a little easier. Guys, you older guys, we all know this. God doesn't work that way. He doesn't give explanations all the time. But He does give promises and faith in stepping out on His promises that He has given and knowing that He is going to be faithful to direct and guide all the circumstances to show himself faithful to his promises. Remember, life is a proving ground for whether our faith is alive or dead. A proving ground for whom we trust. And those close to us are watching. 
As I look back, as I said earlier, I was young in my faith walk. I was not a part of an Ironman group of men who were teaching me the disciplines of the faith. I had never been in a true discipleship group teaching me how to study God's Word, learn how God works in our lives to bring Him glory, not just make my life easier or more comfortable. Well, I started to work at Leader Enterprises in January of 1990. I moved into a hotel off I Drive until I could find a home for my family. My wife and I had agreed that we wouldn't buy another home until we sold our home in Atlanta. We put our home up for sale and believing God was in this move and that our home would sell rather quickly. Not so much. <laughs> Found out the hard way God doesn't work that way. My family and I moved into an apartment with rental furniture. It took over a year to sell my home. My faith was being tested. My marriage was being tested. Not a start I was looking for. By June of 1991, I'm finally in a home. I now have three sons. And Travis, my third, is right here. Put your hand up, my boy. There he is. That's big Trav was now with us. And I will have to admit, in looking back, I started sounding a lot like the nation of Israel on the border of the promised land. I was whining, I was complaining, and I was wondering, maybe I should go back. It was a struggle. However, at work in the baseball world, I was beginning to have success. I had signed Chipper Jones, first pick in the draft, Jeff Bagwell, Luis Gonzalez and Frank Thomas were starting to bust loose as the big hurt for the White Sox. Our office was buzzing with energy and momentum as we were also recruiting Alex Rodriguez, Barry Bonds, and a guy named Tiger Woods at the time who was at Stanford. But it was a big disappointment in the end when we lost out on all three of the guys. But we were still motivated and I was hungry. Even though I had experienced some success as a, with the CEO, was not satisfied with signing young players who were not producing significant revenues for the firm. So, no salary increase for Steve. Feeling the pressure, because I'm barely making enough to support my family. Some of you guys know that. I'm feeling frustrated and I'm anxious. Janine and I are praying and trusting God, but wow, is this hard. Then, out of nowhere, something happened that would change the direction of my life and my career. Our firm was hired to find a buyer for the Orlando Magic. To say the least, we were excited about the opportunity. We brokered the sale of the Orlando Magic to Rich DeVos for $85 million, which at that time was a lot of money for a young franchise. Great news, right? but little did I know where this was going. After the sale, the commission to our firm was more than all of our baseball, football, golf, and coaches together. It didn't take long for the executive board to make a decision to start pursuing investors to have a fund intent on buying and selling sports franchises. The focus of my company was, cha was changing. The frustrating and disappointment continued when I lost a couple of my key clients to other agents because I wasn't allowed to visit them on a regular basis and that other agents were cutting their fees to entice them to leave. 
our company wasn't interested in cutting fees. Then the players' union called for a strike, and that made matters worse. Players were not playing. Agents are not getting paid. I was trusting God, but the times were uncertain and hard, and I'm asking myself, where is God and what is He doing? Well, He was doing something, all right. Are you ready for this? God was going to turn my professional career in a totally different direction than I had ever imagined. God was about to reveal one of the main reasons He had brought me to Orlando. One afternoon, I was asked to lunch with our president. During lunch, he said, Steve, I have a great opportunity for you. Really? What is it? I want to sell the baseball practice to you. You will take our baseball clients, and we will let you out of your non-compete, and you will leave the firm after paying X amount of dollars. Excuse me? <laughs> leave the firm? Go out on my own? And pay how much? I was trying to keep my composure, but I was literally shaking in the booth I was sitting in. I was stunned. I asked him why. He said, the company doesn't see baseball as one of our focuses anymore. We are moving in another direction. I told him I'd have to get back with him. I went back to my office. I told God, this is not what I had in mind. You have this all wrong. And how is that for trusting God's sovereignty? Not good. So on the way home in my car now, I've had a couple hours to kind of stew on this, I remember having this conversation. It went something like this. God, I have no experience running a company. God says, I know that. This makes no rational sense. God, I'm in control. What if the players don't go with me? Trust me. If I do this, all of our savings will be gone. All of it. I know that. I'm not sure I have the ability to pull this off. God, I will be with you. What if my wife isn't on board? Trust me. Well, I knew one thing. My wife would not be on board. I mean, can we all agree mothers need security and they want to make sure there's food in the house to feed the kids? All right? Wrong. Wrong. Men, I kid you not, my wife gave the okay to move forward after I explained the offer. She said, we can do this. Your players love you and will follow you. God is leading this. The kids and I will be fine. Don't you hate it when your wife does that? <laughs> I then met with a couple of my spiritual mentors from church, and they gave me the okay also. I said, what is going on? Am I the only one that sees me driving myself, my career, and my family over the side of the mountain? But in my quiet time, here we go. In my quiet time with the Lord, reading God's Word and praying, I feel Him saying in my spirit, I'm in this. I'm doing something only I can do. I'm not telling you how it's going to end, but I want you to trust me and follow me. You think this is about you, Steve, but it's about me. 
One of God's promises is Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. Can anybody help me finish? I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You've got to take these promises. You've got to know them, and you've got to trust them, and you've got to follow them. Listen to this Puritan prayer, because this is exactly where I was. The world is before me this day, and I am weak, and I am fearful, but I look to you for strength. If I venture forth alone, I stumble and fall. But on the beloved's arm, I am firm as the eternal hills. If left to the treachery of my heart, I shall shame your name. But if enlightened, guided, upheld by the Spirit, I shall bring you glory. Well, with God leading the way, I started Aegis Sports Management, and yes, all the players agreed to go with me. I was broke, but I was on my way. In the group I originally started with, and those that I later signed in my career, I have had the blessing and pleasure of representing the following players who have won these awards. Hall of Fame, MVPs, All-Stars, Gold Glove, Silver Slugger, and one pitcher that won, it was second in the Cy Young twice. Players who have signed contracts for more money than I could have ever imagined. Has the story been perfect? No. I went without a salary for a number of years. Had players who I represented leave my firm. It was devastating losing someone you had a part in helping them grow as teenagers into adults and being successful in their career. They were like adopted sons to me. It was heart-wrenching to receive those phone calls, and it stays with you. What about the company I left? Leader Enterprises. Sadly, but a few years after I left, the CEO, the COO, and Payne Stewart were killed tragically in a plane crash. You guys remember that? Leader Enterprises dissolved shortly after the incident. The company that God called me out to start is in its 22nd year. I had no idea what God was doing and what he planned when I left Atlanta and when I had lunch with the president on that crazy afternoon. The journey that Janine and I took with God and with that we're still on has been an amazing adventure. But listen, but one I almost didn't take because of fear and not trusting God. But the beauty of God is He had so much more that He was going to do by using this little small company. It wasn't just about me and having a job. My company was just the tip of the iceberg. Listen to what God's done to His glory. He used me and my firm to have a part in seeing clients come to faith in Christ. God used our firm to walk alongside and mentor many of our clients. The firm has been able to sponsor sending minor league players to Christian conferences who couldn't afford to go so they could hear the gospel. 
We've been able to support numerous ministries around the world that go into dark and hard places. God's plans, guys, are always bigger than ours. There is so much more God wants to do with our lives if we step out and trust Him and not believe the lies of the enemy or fear failure. Okay, a couple comments. Truth affects our emotions and fears when it is believed. Some will say, well, that doesn't work for me. When I hear truth, it doesn't have an emotional effect on me. It doesn't take away my anxiety. My response is that it works where the truths are believed and trusted, where there's faith. If the Bible arguments are not having an effect on you, it's because you have little faith in what it says. Faith is massively important here. We must trust. We must believe what Jesus says. Therefore, pray for faith in the truth. Meditate on that truth because faith comes by hearing. Join me in hearing by the Word of God. Romans. When we hear God's promises and trust Him with courage, then He is greatly honored. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, a great English Baptist preacher said, For a heart that is not well braced up with the truth, as it is in Jesus, will be easily entangled with the things of this life and tripped up by the snares of temptation. It is in vain that we possess the Scriptures unless we bind them around us. Men, we must learn to fight loss of courage or hope. The fight is a fight of faith in God's grace. It is fought by preaching truth to ourselves about God and His promised future. The battle against fear is a battle to believe the promises of God's Word. And that belief in God's future grace comes by hearing the Word. And so preaching to ourselves is at the heart of this battle. Alright, now listen carefully as we close because this, get, this is important. Men, if you would have your faith be strong, and your soul be strong, and your family be strong, and your church be strong, know your Bible. Know your Bible. The more you know what God is like, the more conformed to His greatness will be your faith you will be more and more assured of things hoped for and more and more convinced of things unseen. And God's existence and fullness will be wonderfully displayed in your life. How do we do that? Well, Renault said last month that we need to have a daily, regular reading of God's Word. We need to meditate on it and memorize it. Hiding the, hiding the Word in our hearts. You remember last week when he said pilots use simulators to prepare for when trouble comes? Remember, the simulator is the Word of God. All right, turn to baseball. I'm not a pilot, but I'm a, I know baseball. In baseball, the simulator is practice on the field. Six weeks before the opening of the regular season, teams are practicing fundamentals in spring training. Over and over again, they practice what you do in certain situations. Management knows... If you are to be successful during the season, their, their players have to react correctly and quickly. Little time for thinking. 
It happens to hap has to happen so fast. It has to be ingrained. See, when you practice and practice to get ready for the game, during the game, when that play comes, you know exactly what to do because you have practiced it hundreds of times. It's automatic. In your spiritual walk, you are practicing when you are studying God's Word. When you are, pra you are practicing when you pray. You are practicing when you sing praise songs and listen to the words and what they mean. You are practicing when you hear a message at church and take notes. Now, when you are called into the game and fear and anxiety are your opponents, you'll be ready. You understand? You've got to practice. You practice every day to get ready for the game. The game is when, they, when those tough times show up and, and, and you're questioning, what do I do? Listen, men. We are living in a broken world. We are reminded that every day when we see the evil that is going on here in America and around the world. People are angry and they're fearful. I'm talking racism. I'm talking terrorism, nuclear war, no tolerance, freedom of speech, immigrants, and a host of other issues. You men are leaders in your family, at your work, and in the community. You need to lead out on this. Don't be silent. Don't sit there and go, well, yeah, it's kind of hard. Lead out on this. You need to be proactive. Are you with me? You need to lead your family by being prepared to speak to your kids, younger or older, your wife or anyone else who is looking for answers to what is going on. They are not going to get the truth from our politicians or the media. God's Word speaks to the truth. The truth is our hearts are wicked. And we do evil things to each other. We've left God and gone our own way. It's called sin. If you are not prepared to speak into these things and ask someone here, then ask someone here with our men or some men at your church that can help you because we need to lead out men. We need to take the initiative to speak out to what is going on because people are fearful. Let them see the hope that is in you and truth will shine brightly and overcome the darkness of fear. I want to close with this scripture. If you have a Bible, open it to 1 Peter 3.8-17. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless for this to you were called that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord against those who do evil is against those. 
Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good if that should be God's will than for doing evil. Thank you.